it's wonderful that I brought you back here and you're still doing things at the same radio station yeah. that I'm involved with now too. And I have to say, not everyone in this radio station is queer, but they might as well be. They might as well be. <laughs> hey, my name is Robin Law, the creator and host of We're Out Here. I myself, I'm a small town queer. I did the thing and moved away in my 20s to a big city, then moved back to my hometown of Smithers, BC on Wet'suwet'en territory during the pandemic. Work, life, and you know, the globe was in a total state of cognitive dissonance. There, I said it. We're Out Here is a podcast about growing up queer in the remote communities of Northern BC. To be clear, we're not focusing exclusively on the hardships, though we don't shy away from them either, but rather the strange and unique experience of living in small towns as a queer person, our experiences, coping mechanisms, celebrating queer joy, and finding our community. I am Robin, and we're out here. Hello, my name is Megan Brady, and I live in Smithers on unceded Gidimden territory. I was born and raised in the Kispiox Valley, which is Gitsan territory. I believe officially Klemlaha is where my family's property is, is on Klemlaha. And uh, yeah, I work at a radio station, a really rad community radio station in Smithers. And I don't even know what to say. There's so many. I, I'm like, I could tell you my entire life story. <laughs> or like, maybe that's enough. Oh, pronouns. She, her pronouns. Oh, I love they. I actually, for folks like my, some people I know that are struggling with using the proper pronouns, they've begun just using they. And I'm like, cool. Great. <laughs> Till you know otherwise, that's the way to do it. So I use she, her pronouns. I identify also as pansexual. I have gone through different ideations. So I denied any queerness in myself. Ooh, this is going to get long. I'm going to go. So, okay. So I denied any queerness in myself because I was raised in Hazleton and didn't identify as any way other than maybe as a tomboy. My sibling had come out as being gay when they moved away and I was still living in Hazleton. And so people, like I would have people ask me like, oh, are you lesbian too? Like that, I had a few of those questions. And while well, I'd be like holding a boyfriend's hand and I'd be like, no. So I went through kind of that denial time and then moved away to Victoria and was spending a lot of time with my sibling and other queer humans. And did a lot of, no, no, I'm straight, guys. Like, I think I even wanted to have a pin at one point that was like, no, but really, I'm straight. And then I went to, well, going to photography school, one of my professors was queer. And I had a huge crush on them. <clears throat> and I realized that, I think with conversation with them, that they, they used the term or somehow we both came to it like sexually fluid. Like, maybe we were sexually fluid. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. I got a crush on you right now. What's that mean? I don't know. And yeah. So anyway, once I eventually did learn the term pansexual, while I was even like interested in somebody who was gender non-conforming, that kind of went, oh, right. That works for me. So cool. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's a cute discovery. Through a crush, that's really fun. Right? <laughs> I also yeah. really relate to the being in denial for a long time part, because I definitely was like that in high school. 
And yeah, it really yeah. wasn't until I left this town, which I think is like a pretty common experience for a lot of us. And yeah, it sounds like, you know, even compared to here, like your experience of growing up in Hazleton mm-hmm. was probably quite different from here too, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had no, like, we didn't really know Smithers. Like, it was the big city we'd come grocery shop. But, like, Smithers was our arch nemesis. I was on wrestling team. So, like, they were, like, we were enemies with the Smithers High School. But I didn't ever have any, like, friends from Smithers. Like, we very much had our own little existence in Hazleton. So when you moved here, you joined the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's been a slow creep that way. Yeah. I guess I've never asked you this, but what brought you to move to Smithers? Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I, well, okay. So I basically, Hazleton until, you know, graduation. I lived one year in Kamloops going to school. Didn't work out for me. Came back to Hazleton, worked for a little while, found out about a photography program in Victoria, moved to Victoria, lived there for 10 years, did the very short, like, you know, it was like less than a year professional photography um, diploma, then worked retail for many years. And um, I fell in love with somebody. And had dreams of moving across the country and potentially carrying on a life with that person. And things ended terribly. So before any of that could even happen. So in my devastation, I had a breakdown. And actually, my sibling and I were going through a really difficult time at that point as well. This was pre, I think, even them being diagnosed with ADHD. And then years later on the autism spectrum, And so we were going through a difficult time, so I didn't necessarily feel great living in Victoria, so I took a break and walked away and ran away home. (laughs) So went and lived with mom and dad and was a lump. So that's what brought me back to Hazleton. And then from that lump state, I was looking for volunteer opportunities and found my way to Positive Living North in Smithers, where I was maybe just going to volunteer a little bit with their harm reduction stuff. And they offered me a job. So that was going to be four days a week. And I didn't have a place to stay. So I asked um, a friend of mine that I went to school with in high school, her parents lived here. And so I asked if they had like a room And I ended up living in their basement in a bedroom for three years. I'm so grateful to them. Vicky and Trav, shout out to you. So yeah, I spent my work week living in the basement at their place. Then my my weekends, I went to the Kispiax Valley. So it was between the Kispiax Valley and there for three years. And then this is when some good queerness comes into play. So working in Positive Living North for three years while working for them, I was also hired on as a contractor for out in schools. And so that's, I was their Northern regional facilitator that was sort of in charge of like Prince George North. So we did tours. I got to present one of my first presentations was actually to like my old elementary school teacher in his new class in the Hazleton secondary. 
So yeah, I got to hit all the small communities like Vanderhoof, Prince George, all the way up to Iskit. And then that's when I left PLN and moved down to Vancouver. So I still had out in schools as the Northern Regional Facilitator, but who was living in Vancouver. So I was there for a year. And while on a tour for out in schools, I took a flight with Glenn Ingram, the radio station manager, who offered me a job at the radio station. And I was like, no, no, I have this job. Like, I'm doing this really great thing with out in schools. I don't need another job. And meanwhile, that same love interest that devastated my heart years earlier rekindled things and there was promise of more life together, etc. So I used that job offer in Smithers as sort of a stepping stone towards potentially moving to Ontario. So after my year in Vancouver, I joined a queer choir, which was epic and probably my one main kind of feeling of community there, which was great. And then Yeah, decided I would take this job at the radio station. There was also free rent for three months because he was leaving the country. So it was like, come live at my house, take care of the radio station for three months. And then in my mind, I was like, that'll be my transition to then move to Ontario. Came up to Smithers whilst house sitting and got dumped. (laughs) So I laugh about it now, but it was definitely devastating. I mean, this is now, this was years. This was like, seven or eight years of on and off and very much not even solid, like Mm -hmm. a very questionable relationship from the get go. Ask literally anybody in my circle. But because that relationship ended and I didn't have anywhere to go beyond that, I stayed in Smithers. What did they say? Like hindsight is 2020 or like, yeah. Yeah, it was never going to be a thing. But I very much came into my like queer identity as a part of my relationship with that person. Mm -hmm. So yay that. And yay coming here. And also totally makes sense. Like that first kind of like queer relationship experience. It's a biggie. Yeah. Oh, and it's like I'd been living in Vancouver for a year and I'm like, well, I'm not getting what I need here. And look, I'm in the queer place. Meanwhile, I went on a date that per- the, the very toxic, but obviously it's like you go on a date with somebody else and that makes that other person go, what? Mm. I'm going to lose you. I will promise you the world. And then just rip that carpet right out from under Ew. you. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> I mean, even coming here, like I wouldn't have necessarily stayed if I didn't find the radio station. Because Mm -hmm. this crew of oddball weirdos is my people. (laughs) So, like, it's great. And then even that, like, my sibling, they got connected. And then, like, they stayed because, like, it's, yeah. Mm -hmm. This little community we got's definitely uh, hooked some people in. Totally. It's pretty special. And I feel like, yeah, similar to you, definitely one of the main reasons I'm back here. Like, our networks are very overlapping, which is wonderful. We get to see each other a lot in community. And... Yeah, I think this is like a kind of a theme I'm touching on with a few folks of this idea of sort of like returning after a long time of being away where you're sort of like exploring and discovering your queer identity, however you want to identify, however you want to present and, you know, experimenting, all that good stuff. And coming back here, I'm sure you can relate to, for me, it was like, oh, back in my hometown, surrounded by people who have known me my whole life, who have 
all kinds of, you know, things they think they know about me because I've known you since you were yay high. And so that's been really interesting to work through because one of my, like, instant defect defense mechanisms is to just, like, kind of go back into my disguise, you know? Mm-hmm. You know that disguise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, like, I am really curious about um, your experience because I feel like... Um, kind of like it was almost like I got set back a little bit on my journey and I've kind of had to find a new way to move forward with like being open and queer in this community and um yeah I just wonder if you have any thoughts about that <clears throat> yeah I do yeah well I mean like if I were to jump off with just a recent interaction that I had camping with my very good group of friends and sibling up in the Kispiox Valley, like up, like, you know, past 50 kilometer mark. And an RV pulled in while I was cooking breakfast for everybody one morning. And the front door opened and somebody that I went to high school with popped out, lit up like, woo. And I was like, wow. Like, ultimately, I was really like, cool. Good to see you. Big hug. And then I'm like, okay, I'm cooking like I can't, you know, I, I got, I'm at a really pivotal moment of cooking turn my focus back to that and then meanwhile that person had like set up their camper in a really horrible manner like in the turnaround so like any future vehicles are coming and going and like there was so much that irked me after that and then I had like I basically avoided that section of the campground for like the next day and then the last day I was like okay my friends are all out in the water like I'm gonna go and say hi to them so I walked by and just said like uh, oh hey and yeah, he uh, like, I don't know, he asked me about my sibling, but used their dead name and gendered them, obviously, like this person doesn't know. And even if he did know, like, he doesn't know. And so uh, almost everything he said right off the bat, just I shut down. I was like, I actually don't know how to react to this. So then I, I had to like, correct him using that name had to I guess I just did I said like oh they go by this now which is like our last name so like great they go by Brady you can you can just call them Brady and like our whole lives people did call like each like me Brady that were like you know people just call them by their last name and so we were able to get to the name not even sure if he ever used it but okay we got beyond that and then when I said gender neutral terms like I was like you know pronouns are they them and then he started asking like other questions just about like, oh, can I use this air pump to blow up my thing? And I said, oh, yeah, it's just my friend Laura's like, you know, she's out there or they're out there. I don't know what I said, Laura's. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, but what what do I call them? She, her, him, whatever. And I like just the way he was saying it, like everything about the interaction was so gross that I was so shut down. And meanwhile, my friend who's out on the lake paddled over because she fully could hear everything that was being said. And she's just like, hello, how are you doing? And I'm like, oh, fine. Like it was, it's not even a thing, but it's a thing. It's like, oh, right. Somebody who I knew from a million years ago, who knows my family, knows my sibling, like has no idea of our lives now. And are they even open to the discussion? Well, by the fact that it was like, oh, my friend whose thing is you want to borrow. And then it becomes like they, them, she, her. what? I, like, it was just like, 
I, I think I said, no, they, they're like, you just like their names. I don't know what I said, but I like, I didn't even know. I didn't know what to say about it. And it's that seeing somebody from the olden times yeah. and they think they know anything. And it's like, we are such different people. I mean, I will say this, that person very much seems like exactly the same person. But I'm such a different person now that like, I don't know if we've got much to say to each other, really. So, yeah, I don't know. It's been like, that's just sort of the most recent thing that's happened. Mm-hmm. I definitely like, I don't know, for the most part, I will correct anybody ever who like uses the wrong pronoun for somebody or sometimes if they use like my sibling's dead name but like it's all very also like situational and i think i've even asked them like when do you want me to say something when do you not want me to say something and i think we've kind of gotten to a bit of an understanding as to how i can help advocate for them but also they were even saying they're just like oh i just like just keep carrying on i mean i get called their dead name too <laughs> it's like everybody's <laughs> is like they get all the names mixed up and it's like oh yeah i used to know you 25 or 30 years ago yeah. so i'm gonna use that one name that i kind of remember yeah yeah mm-hmm. i hate to say that that's a relatable experience because I, I totally i can feel the ick <laughs> the cringe yeah yeah because yeah it's i mean same i've had weird weird interactions with people from way way ago and yeah it can be really challenging especially if you felt like you knew each other at one point and now you don't that can be a little like confusing and sad sometimes and sort of you know really finding out who your friends and allies are here it can be really challenging when you find out people you know that aren't. It's really exhausting. I was talking with my counselor today Mm -hmm. uh, about being misgendered in the workplace and how I don't feel like there's a lot of support around that. And so I told them I essentially just gave up because it was exhausting. And so now I just kind of like, you know, let it let it roll over me as much as I can. But that stuff totally contributes to burnout and just kind of general like ickiness. So Well, and as you said, it shows you, like, who's potentially a safe person, an ally, and who just has no idea. And it's like, oh, God, do I now have to take all that energy and teach this person? Like, where do we start? Mm -hmm. How far back are we going to have to go? Yeah. Well, and another, like, as a segue thing, but, like, thinking about living in the same community, ultimately, that I grew up in, and then now I've been... Like, I don't know, I've been out and like, in what way, what capacity I've been out. But like, I've been like, I'm queer. (laughs) I am queer. I am queer in so many ways. Here's all the ways I'm queer, publicly, Facebook and whatever. And then for Pride, somebody was doing like a photo shoot for queer folk. And it would be like, free, if you're willing to share your story kind of thing. So then I was like, okay, I guess I should write out my story. Like, what's my story? So I started writing it down. As I'm writing it down, one of the things I wrote is like, you don't owe coming out to anyone. Yes. And then my sibling was like, so did you, like, did you read, like, do you get that? (laughs) (laughs) Your own words, like, and what about you? I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing it because like for the photo shoot and then like also like here I am living my queer life and like, I'm okay. You can be okay. Kind of like to the younger queers or whatever, right? Like the closeted queers. But then I realized I really, really wanted to actually define pansexual because there's some ex-boyfriends that I run into occasionally. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say there's some ex-boyfriends that I'm like, well, hello, sir. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, I'm hella queer. And I'm like standing on the stage of pride being like queer, queer, queer. But I'm also like into you. 
I'm into you in a gay way. I'm into you in a gay way. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't even end up going through it, but I wrote it down and I definitely had some thoughts about it and was like, yeah, I don't want to not be perceived as straight because it's not that I'm not straight, but you don't even know. And people are so closed in their own little. So it's like you're either queer or you're not. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, I'm a, I'm all of it. I'm all of it. I am open. Like how I used to have the pin that's like, no, no, really, I'm straight. <laughs> now I'm on this like, no, no, but really, I like you. Whoever you are, like yeah. whoever you are, <laughs> approach me. Yeah, I feel like that's such a common like bi pan experience where it's like we don't want our queerness to be erased. I like it's like you know I'm too gay for the straight people, but I'm too straight for the gay people. Boom. And it's a thing I've heard a lot of people <sighs> say. Yeah, yeah, because you know I get it. I also have some sometimes sometimes men sometimes that's sometimes how I know. That's how I know sexuality is not a choice. I feel like we've gotten pretty deep in a lot sure. of ways. You were talking about coming out. Yeah. And how you don't owe anyone that. And yes. I totally agree with that. I feel like the coming out narrative that like queer people have been told we have to do is like outdated. And, you know, one of the things that I really like that I'm seeing from younger people now is they're sort of letting go of this big like coming out moment mm-hmm. where you have to like, you know, oh, yeah. sit your mom and dad down and be yeah. like, parents. Here's the deal. <laughs> Which is really cool. It's just like really exciting to see this kind of evolution of like being openly queer in community. And I guess also because you did out in schools when like, you know, either when you were in school or like when you were doing out in schools. Yeah. Was there any kind of like messaging you feel like you wish you had received? Oh, wow. I don't even think I ever came out. Mm. So, but... Because we also brought up Out in Schools, when I was touring with Out in Schools, one of the things we would do was tell our coming out story. Mm. And not everybody did. And we would be just with different facilitators all the time. But often we would do our coming out story. And I don't know if it was one of the specific facilitators or if it just came kind of naturally. And kids would come up to us after. Obviously, be like, yay, fun. Like, these are the the big city queers. And I'm like, no, no, I'm just a small town guy like you. (laughs) But they would come up and chat with us after and say things like, I don't know if I like my parents would be say like basically like they were scared to come out. And often we would say things like, you don't owe that to anybody. You're not invalidated because it's not necessarily safe or the right thing for you to have to quote unquote come out. But like that was something that like, and I mean, I'm talking small town kids that were coming up to us and it's like, yeah, sometimes our parents aren't safe. Sometimes you can only come out to that like one good friend or like that one supportive community member or whatever. So um, that's definitely something that we encountered a lot. And what would I have liked? Like, I don't even know. I think finding out the terminology helped me a lot. And so by doing out in schools, that was one of the main things we would do is like, here are the different letters. Here's what they represent. Here are some stories. And I mean, we would show films. And I mean, one of kind of the big things was we were going to show a film on a queer subject matter, whatever it is, or with queer characters. Then at the end, we would prompt the students like, what are some things that came up? What did you think was going to happen? What did you? And often people would react like, oh, we thought they were going to get beaten up. 
or we thought they were going to have something terrible happen to them because that was predominantly the message that's shown. Like the queer stories that are in Hollywood are often intense and often have some sort of darkness. And so these ones wouldn't even necessarily have that at all. It would just be like, here's just a human living their life. And like, oh, they had a really supportive friend or, you know, like that's the ideal. Yeah. So I think that for me, just simply having out in schools come through my school would have been pretty cool. I mean, that being said, like I had a queer sibling and what? I don't know. Like queerness wasn't even like a, wasn't anything to be fearful of. Like I denied it because I was like, well, but I'm not. But nobody ever told me what pansexuality was. So like, I didn't even know that was something. So that's probably what I'd say on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I, I totally agree. Like another thing that's come up quite a lot in these conversations has been just like visibility and, you know, going through high school, like, I think I knew that I was queer, but I didn't really know what to call it or like, you know, and, and you're just not seeing any of it. Ar- well, and you, you know, it might be around you, but you're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so like similar, it was like when I left town and had more access to information and was seeing actually out queer people in public that mm-hmm. was like, oh, wait, you can do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I love that story you shared about going to schools without in schools and yeah, sharing that sentiment around coming out because it's it is it is really scary. And it's actually not like it's not a rule. You don't have to come out to be yeah. queer. <laughs> yeah. No, you don't. No one's going to check on you and be like, did you do it? Did you? How queer are you, though? <laughs> well, and two, like the thought of if it's not safe for you, it's not safe for you. And like we know the amount of like work that you have to put in when something is new to like a population and to be like in it and just figuring it out yourself and then to now have to be the one to try to explain it to people, adults, whatever, like that's so much. I don't know. We, we also did a lot of like trying to tell students that be careful of the language you use, just even with your friends, because if you use an F word, then maybe that one friend who's with you inside their head, they go, oh, this person's not safe for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first of all, thank you for sitting down with me and oh, yeah. just like sharing some of your story like the personal bits and just like it's really cool to hear and i'm really glad you're here in the train car (laughs) something i wanted to ask you that i've been asking all of my guests is where do you find queer joy in your life where i don't know i guess my friends my like my friends that are all over the world i will say being involved like we were involved with pride this year i mean i guess i have always somewhat somewhat been involved but like seeing young queer humans get excited in a space that's supportive predominantly that brought me so much joy and like I remember standing at pride beside some young humans who were kind of whispering to each other, but I could hear literally everything they were saying. And they were like, is that Mrs. whatever the last name was? Like, what? She's here? That's amazing. And then I I realized who they were talking about. And it's like, oh, yeah, I actually know their husband. And yeah, they're here. And the husband's here. And like their family is here. 
And those youth got so excited to see somebody that's in their world at this event publicly. Like they just immediately were like, oh, I didn't even know that person was safe and so cool. Like, let's go say hi. So they gallivanted off and went and said hi. But that was sort of an epitome of like queer joy in my own right. I don't know. Walking around town, like I feel like my my look sometimes more queer than others. And so even just like wearing my fanny pack and my like badass biker pants, like whatever, like just wearing my like kind of tough outfit with a fanny pack on is is something that like I feel myself in that. And I'm just like, yeah, this is me. Like, can't you tell I'm queer? <laughs> Whether or not people can, I don't know. Yes, I But love that. that's within my own self. That's what I feel. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I, that's, yeah. Okay. So one, <laughs> one of my queer joy moments that reminded me of when you said that was we have been kind of starting a queer book club and oh, have yeah. been meeting at the library. Yes. You're invited, by the way. F- if you want to Fantastic. <laughs> And I think it was our first time meeting there. And I like got up and went to the bathroom. Then I was coming back and the librarian was kind of like, hey, are you in the queer book club? And I was like, oh, my God, do I look like I'm in the queer book club? (laughs) (laughs) Yay! It was great. And then she gave me some pamphlets. And (laughs) yeah, but I was like, oh, I got seen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's so that's that's the thing, because we are we're kind of like invisible unless what right like unless somebody recognizes a certain thing and they're like oh maybe that person is i think too that was one of the reasons i was leaning towards doing that coming out photo shoot thing was just like a like show the young folks look i'm a human who's pretty joyful and queer um oh and being part of pride i now have like just random people reach out and be like hey, I see that you're a part of, like, can you help this? Or do you know this? Or can you put me in touch with somebody who that? So, like, I really love being a connector of people. And by being just me out in the world, for the most part, I'm gaining that recognition that I can connect you with the right person. If it's not me, I'll hook you up. Heck yeah. 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 That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. I guess I have been asking, like, artists and people if there's anything they're working on that you want to share you don't have to there's there's because i'm like i don't have anything <laughs> <I know. laughs> i'm like literally this podcast yeah well and i was gonna say most of the things that i like in the past would have said would have been all about my job yeah but like since my health stuff i've decided that I'm not necessarily going to answer my all what do you do all the time with work so i'm in a band Zen and the zigzags. Yeah, that's brought me a lot of joy being able to sing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so excited for you guys to play the fall there. Me too. Yeah. Fall there needs some queerness injected into it. <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's just little old me, but I'll bring it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll bring it. I love it. Thanks to my guest, Megan Brady. This podcast is presented by the Balkan Valley Concert Association and funded through the Canada Arts Council. Hosted by me, Robin, and edited by Pamela Hassan. Big thanks to CICK, Smithers Community Radio for recording support, Maddie J for the theme song, and Carmen Redenante for collaborating with me on the artwork. Big thanks to CICK, Smithers Community Radio for recording support. 